Welcome to Paradigm Shifters, Linda Sherman. Linda Sherman is one of our favorite guests on Paradigm Shifters and has been for many years. Linda's an astrologer. She's also what I tell people is a political astrologer as well. You can tell us, I believe, Linda, what's the rapport between uh, planetary lineups and these incredible global waves that are moving through the planet at this time or through our consciousness. Oh, my goodness, and everything is speeding up. So welcome to the show, Linda. I'm so pleased to speak with you. Well, it's wonderful to be on your show, Veronica. I always enjoy our interviews. Me too. So tell me what's going on. Now, you were talking before I introduced you, you were talking about how um, they started a lot of this uh, global, um, what kind of waves of change and so on. And, And I heard from several sources that the same people, the same very wealthy people support both the Democrats and the Republicans. So we have this illusion of having options. So there's kind of a global wave. You can interrupt me if I'm going too far with this, but I'm going, oy vey, what now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Veronica, I totally agree with that. Now, I have spent, I wrote my first book, What Next? A Survival Guide to the 21st Century, was published in 2007. My second book, Fast Forward, was published in 2012. And my third book, which I co-authored with a data analyst, Richard Spitzer from Wall Street, was published the end of 2017. And all during this time, plus my online newsletters that are free to everybody at soothesayer, S-O-O-T-H-E-S-A-Y-E-R.com. I just want to let people know where I am. I put up a free newsletter that goes up the first of every month. Everybody can get to it and read it. There, there's no charges or subscriptions. I have, and, I, and it's I say, wonderful. I have to say that to everyone. A lot well, of detail. Uh, <clears throat> what I am saying is that, as an astrologer, what astrologers do, some of us do, and uh, through the ages we have done, is we look at where the planetary planets are going, what signs they're in, what patterns. They're forming with each other. Um, uh, We look at this and say, what has happened historically in past eras when these planets went through these signs? For instance, the recent transit of Pluto through Sagittarius and then through Capricorn uh, really was a time in the uh, mid-1500s, the Protestant Reformation in Europe, which was enormous. It unseated... The, the the political power of the Roman Catholic Church, uh, which was kind of an extension of the Roman Empire, and, and we could go on and on about that, but it unseated these powerful, powerful upset and unseated, and Protestantism started forming in many, many different sects, not only with Martin Luther, but King Henry VIII, the Anglican Church, the Lutheran Church, uh, and other Protestant uh, uh, churches e- evolved during that time. 
under those and and interestingly enough corruption was exposed in the catholic church what how much have we heard about that in the past quite a bit quite a bit yes even the catholic church who no longer has that kind of political power has has been revisited uh, for these things now uh, I always call this in my books the disestablishment of the establishment. In order to do that, you have to become aware of what the who they are, and and uh, what they comprise. Uh, because interestingly enough, the last time Pluto was in Capricorn was the uh, American Revolution, followed by the uh-huh. French Revolution. Okay. So we're coming to the end of the Pluto and Capricorn cycle. We get our Pluto return in 2022 in the chart of, of the USA. And I have been writing about this now for months. I think it's a very profound thing that the notion of democracy, equal opportunity, all people equal, uh, you know, and, and it, in their value and everything, never, even though we had this brilliant idea, our founding fathers, it was only equal for white men. <laughs> no. Women. Oh, hang on, women. I want to interject one thing, too, and you were talking about the Protestant Reformation and the religions and da-da-da-da. Somebody was explaining to me the other day that Calvinism actually has this hierarchical, that the people with money are the only ones that are really holy. Oh, yeah. Well, that was another iteration. That's a part of it, isn't it? It's a part of this whole thing. Well, there was a a notion. You know, these guys that start John Calvin, these guys that start these things figure out what it's going to be. And, And if people believe them, they follow them, whether there's an ounce of truth to it or not, depending on what they psychologically or emotionally need at the time or whatever. So it's Calvinism a cult. It's a cult. Was a was a religion. Uh, it was basically Christian, but it was a religion of 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 fate. F A T E, not faith, but faith. <laughs> In which certain people were designated to be saved. And if you were wealthy in power, you were probably on that list of people who were who were going to be saved. And the point is, there was nothing you could do about it because from birth, God decided who was going to be saved. It's like and, karma. Uh, is it like karma? Well, karma it gives you an option. Karma, which we sometimes use in Hindu astrology, you know, is because it's connected with Hinduism and Buddhism uh, religions, is means work. So what karma means is when you're born into a certain family with certain genetic uh, capabilities and a certain astrological chart, uh, that you have a format that you're going to be working with. You're destined to work at developing this format or within this format, but it gives you a choice because you can use what you were dealt and rise and and change yourself and evolve. So there, this this Calvinism is basically no hope at all because mm-hmm. you have been decided upon from the get go. So, so what so no respect is, either. Well, if you're wealthy and powerful, that they would say, "Oh, you are among the designated." However, 
the wealthy and powerful can screw it up. Uh, and nobody, by the way, really knows until you die whether you, you're safe. But the, the ones that are safe can screw it up by doing evil deeds or going the wrong way or something. So even if you are chosen to be saved, you can screw it up. So it does give people a, an incentive to do good. The others who are not going to be saved no matter what they do, they don't know who they are. <laughs> So at any rate, that's that religion. I'm not saying that Protestantism was necessarily was or wasn't an improvement over Catholicism and all the theology and mysticism and beliefs and everything. I don't want to get into that. I'm just saying Pluto designates the wealthiest and the most powerful, whether it is in politics or religion or or corporations. Now here in the United States, we actually have a, a, a spinoff of Calvinism, a religion of uh, the wealthy, <laughs> the powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we worship capitalism uh, as the guys that get to the top and have the most money must be the chosen ones that we must emulate somehow. Mm-hmm. And they have the power over all the other people to buy out Congress and the House and the presidents and everything and pass legislation that enables them to get bigger and bigger and more and more powerful and richer and richer. And this, especially over the last 40 to 50 years, that is what has happened. Both parties uh, have the, the, the globalism. You, you take uh, uh, Trump, for instance, wants to beat up on China. Everybody's mad at China. Well, folks, guess what? From the 80s and 90s, we allowed China in. We, Our companies went over there to get a dirt cheap labor force, mm-hmm. no environmental laws, as, as China used our help to industrialize and jump into the technical field. They stole our stuff. They make our stuff and sell it back to us because these corporations were allowed to do this by our Congress. All the restraints were taken off. Apple Computer makes everything in China, just as as one example. Yeah, I think of it as raping China in a way. Well, now, I want to say... The Chinese were delighted that we handed them all this. They're mm-hmm. still a ruthless a communist military dictatorship, as we have seen in recent years, how they've repressed the Uyghurs, how they have repressed democracy on Hong Kong. They're going to go after Taiwan next. They are in to absolute control and creating absolute conformity. And most of the young people over there in China are interested in one thing. They actually are allowed to make money, and that's what they want to do. But the military dictatorship decides who is enabled to do this. That's the setup there. They are a culture thousands of years old based on suppression and conformity. Uh, and and uh, working to and the upside is that they work together. They come together. They almost have no choice. Our culture is based on capitalism and 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 competition. Uh, rather than conformity, we're based on competition over here. So let it's sort of social Darwinism. Let the most ruthless survive, and everybody else can get marginalized away. Now we used to share. Uh, following World War II, with programs like Social Security and then Medicare and Medicaid and 
and developing an infrastructure and employing people to build the infrastructure. Uh, the highways were built by President Eisenhower, and uh, all these infrastructure investments were made using tax money involving the government, but it made us more successful and richer in the long run, and it spread the prosperity. It presented opportunities for people. We invested in public education. We invested in the GI Bill, which let all these World War II veterans come back and get their college paid for. So the doctors and the engineers and everything uh, were able, and, and a tremendously strong middle class was developed. Well, that has come to an end because uh, it, it, over the past 40 or 50 years, the, it, the jobs have been taken out of the country. Now, the other thing that's going almost unnoticed, it is discussed, is automation. So automation is removing even more jobs from us than outsourcing. Even even the Chinese are losing jobs in India, where the, you know we've developed all the software is developed in India. What what is happening with automation and computers and robots and everything doing what humans used to do, and we're abandoning more and more and more human oversight and human labor to use uh, machines. Uh, what and we've been talking. You see, I'm a, an elder person. I remember talking about this in the 1950s. We were afraid that automation was going to remove. The thing is, it did, but there were other things that re other jobs that replace those jobs but now across the board uh, uh jobs are being eliminated i want to give you one example uh that's very close to home is here in the united states half of the men in this country drive a vehicle for a living whether they're uber or taxi or UPS half of them or half or, or, or truck drivers that transport. Now, guess what? Within the next few years, we're going to have automatic-driven vehicles. It's going to take time because you need uh, an infrastructure for that. But we're going to have that eliminates half of the jobs that men have in this country right off the bat. Just mm -hmm. that one thing. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing now. Now, who's who are the Plutonians? They are, again, the giant corporations in league with the banks. And that has also caused a burgeoning, bubble, enormous stock market that seems to have nothing to do with the real economy. We're in the mm -hmm. middle of a pandemic, and how many people have lost their small businesses, lost their jobs? They're probably not going to get them back. But this was a trend that was going on before the pandemic, because before the pandemic struck in 2019, 47% of this country lived at or below the poverty line, mm -hmm. almost half. And those people were making minimum wages, some of them working two jobs. I keep track of the other big piece of news in this country, homelessness which has skyrocketed to numbers way beyond the Great Depression of the 1930s. In Los Angeles alone, over 100,000 people are homeless. And all the big cities, 75,000 in New York City, uh, 60,000 in Portland, Oregon, and I could go on and on. And we're not, is the news talking about this? No. 
And many of those homeless people that are living in tents on the street have jobs. They're I know, actually I've heard going that. out every day, but they can't afford housing. We don't because the cartel has been allowed to buy up all this housing and renovate, sell it for huge prices or rent it for enormous rents. So we have almost no affordable housing anywhere for these people who are working. Some of them are working two jobs and they can't even afford a one bedroom apartment. So this is what has happened to us. We, we are now in a caste system like ancient India, where we have the Brahmins at the top, the billionaires who are making, and the stock market. By the way, how, did, how is that ballooning? How is that growing the way it did when most of the public is jobless and impoverished and going into the street? How is this happening? Because the tax break that Trump and the Republicans gave them back in 2017, they used, the companies did, to buy back their own stock. Plus, since we have zero interest rates now, near zero interest rates for the feds, they're borrowing money to buy back their own stock. So what you have is this, and, and people with 401ks, you know, are in the market, look, oh boy, this is great, this economy must be flourishing. And that is how, this is, I call the biggest scam in modern history. Meanwhile, these guys are getting, in addition to the tax break, they're, they're, the companies themselves have these sham corporations in the Cayman Islands and Ireland and, and all over the place where you can set up LLCs and funnel your profits through those LLCs so you don't wind up paying the normal in, corporate income tax anyway. Uh, these Many of the pharmaceutical companies do this. And, and the other story is several years ago I published um, – on my newsletter, an article from the New York Times called the Panama Papers, and it showed how the wealthiest individual and corporations are setting up in Panama and funneling their money there so they don't they can escape taxation. So we have a giant uh, spider web of plutonians who control everything, have all the money, and and the people are so allergic to taxes. It's taxes that pay for our roads, our sewers, our clean water, our, our highways, mm-hmm. our public education. Mm-hmm. People forget that because of the garbage wars. Oh, we don't want to pay taxes. When you pay taxes, you get something back. Mm-hmm. We need a balance. I'm not anti-capitalist. I believe in entrepreneurial capitalism balanced with social safety nets and supports that give people a shot. I think startup small businesses should be helped more more than they are, as mm-hmm. opposed to being absorbed into these giant monopoly corporations and the competition removed from well, the Well, I want to ask you one more thing, which is really relevant to a lot of what you're talking about, which I am totally impressed by. But um, what about this disinter- in, uh, disinformation thing that's going on all over the place? I mean, it, we, a lot of us will jump back into the McCarthy era and so on in Hitler's time and disinformation. So what you're saying uh, is is amazing information, but I'm going, we are 
our brains are trained by this disinformation. We're undereducated. We're unsupported. Right. I'm like, and I'm a teacher. I was a teacher. You know, I'm going, this is absolutely insane. There's no way out if we don't learn to think or learn to assess what's really true. Truer words were never spoken, Veronica. Uh, back in, again, going all the way back to the 1980s and everything, actually there were several things that went on in that era of, of the 1980s, early 90s. One, civics and political science were systematically removed from most school systems. The Who did that? Who owned, did that? Uh, well, Congress allowed it, and, and they they allowed that subject matter to be removed from the public education system as a requirement. Now, I grew up doing debates in the classroom in ninth and tenth grade on in civics, and critical thinking is abandoned because the corporation just wanted to train you to develop software engineering and math and stuff of this. So that all of that being a citizen or critical thinking or developing your your uh, aptitudes in general for a community were taken away now. And, me- and media, and media. Yeah. yeah, all right, that's where I'm going. Okay. In ni- you talk education, you talk media. In 1986-87, in exactly that time period, before then, there were laws, federal laws that said if you were a newspaper or a television news show or a radio news show or something, you had to tell the truth. Or you could be sued, you could be punished, you could be, it was criminal to lie. They removed the, the legislature under Ronald Reagan, and the Democrats and the Republicans removed that law, saying, oh, it's not freedom of speech, you know, removed the standard. Remember the Walter Cronkites and Eric Severides and all oh, these boy. great mm-hmm. news people that told the truth comprehensively on news. All of that was, was removed. Meanwhile, you start developing the Internet, and then and immediately all kinds of crazy people can set up a site on the inner site on the Internet and start dispensing conspiracy theories and aliens are coming down and they're doing this. And this set up a rich infrastructure for lying. Or or even even the stuff about Democrats eat their babies. I mean, I hear this and I go, what what are we doing here? Are we we allowed to say any of that? They're the most despicable things I've ever seen. And, of course, Facebook and Twitter, they're trying to clean all this up now. They allowed it before. Yeah, a bit late. They're trying to clean it up. These social media platforms have been invaded by this kind of thing. They're trying to – people are actually realizing it now. It's so bad. Mm -hmm. And and, But it now – the other thing is that legitimately when people over the years – lost their jobs, lost their opportunity, lost their standard of living. It was easy for them to blame immigrants, people of color, people of a different religion. They did this to us, you know. Mm-hmm. They did, China did this. The black people did this. The immigrants from Mexico. The, so th- there was a whole, they were legitimately disturbed. They didn't understand who did it to them and why. 
they, the critical thinking wasn't there. Instead, they were looking around, which people have since time immemorial, to blame, quote, the other, the person mm-hmm. who's different than you, that mm-hmm. they did all these bad things. So what this did is set up a situation for Donald Trump in 2016. He saw it and he used it mm-hmm. to get in, uh, it, to get into these uh, people and feel, I'm here, I'm going to be your Messiah. Everybody else is bad and crooked, and they've done this and that. They don't Fake care. Fake news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All the, now, the, the third component of this, is, which is actually the first thing, is that the news media, whether it's CN, CNBC, MSNBC, or, or, or CBS, or, you know, these news shows don't give you news anymore. They take two headline things and beat them to death. I would say the PBS and the show 60 Minutes on CBS are the two places you can still go for integrity in news reporting. Otherwise, everybody's just blasting everybody else. Uh, and Fox News is at the top of that list, which is going to mean mouth everybody and blame, you know, blame the liberals for everything, and then the liberals blame the right wing. And, and meantime, uh, 30 years ago, the Republican Party enlisted the support of the fundamentalist uh, uh, Christians, you know, who who uh, b- believe in all these conspiracy theories and, and you know all of this. So uh, they're they're hacking away at Democrats for being too liberal and permitting homosexuality and gay marriage. The Republicans have taken those issues with it. My personally, I don't even think they should be an issue, but they take those issues and scare people to death that their way of life, in addition to their jobs, the, the families, the future of civilization is all at stake. And this has all been done by the liberals and progressives and the Democrats. So they're all taking, you know, uh, in a battle with each other. And meanwhile, racism, which has been at the heart of this nation and territory for 400 years, has reared its ugly head. And 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 we realize that some people are more equal than others. So that just as women were marginalized out, they didn't have the vote until 100 years ago, uh, women, black people of color, Native Americans, all these people were marginalized out of the economic paradigms and the citizens' rights and, and everything else. So now we have this terrible stuff with um we're exposing something that has been going on all along, discrimination against people of color over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So now the Republicans are scared to death about the violence with the Black Lives Matter movement or with the Me Too movement or it's all violent. If actually this is rightful protest. And 99% of those people are nonviolent. There's a 1% fringe that runs in and sets a building on fire, which has been involved with every protest that has ever existed, including the civil rights movements of the 1960s. You can't blame a whole movement for that. There's always the crazies on the sidelines. Right. But but they use that as a way of frightening people. Again, it's indigenous racism. If he's black, you can't trust him. They're going to get somehow going to get back at us, the white people, 
for having uh, enslaved them and then marginalized them and deprived them for all these years. And unless we create an equal playing field, unless you talk about education, I'm a person that thinks that you should have civics and political science starting around fifth or sixth grade. Even younger, even younger. Yeah, I I think by sixth grade you should have full business startups in a Mm -hmm. classroom. Mm-hmm. Have each student choose a subject, something they're interested in that they might be able to sell, and create a miniature little business in that classroom with monopoly money and and everything selling to each other. Uh, they should learn the basics of how to use the math that they didn't like to begin with, and the math, the computers, everything. How to use this and being creative and starting their own enterprises. Uh, and uh, it, it also, I think we should emphasize we're, we're losing these these corporate jobs. How about the trades? If you could become, go to a two year college and get an associate's degree and come out with a license to be an electrician. That is a fabulous way to go in your Mm -hmm. life Mm because we're going to be dealing with, you know, installation. And as I've said on your show before, we're going to have the biggest event, biggest invention since the invention of the wheel, and that's nuclear fusion. And I talk about it on my newsletter all the time. I'm quoting articles that are now going mainstream, Scientific American, the New York Times, about the development of fusion, uh, hydrogen fusion reactions, centralized plants, and the Commonwealth, which is a company formed by the geniuses at MIT, across from MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts, is developing an infrastructure for this. And they're even creating smaller chambers to be used in space and on airplanes. This is a reality. And by 2026, we will see the end of the age of fossil fuels. Thank you, God. Go mm-hmm. up. That's and, you know, if you're an electrician, you're going to be working in this situation because you have to put it together into a workable infrastructure. If you're a plumber, there's still we're still going to need plumbers mm-hmm. and construction people. Mm-hmm. And if they could get some training either in high school or in, in a junior college somewhere, not only to be skilled at the trade, but to know how to run a business, to know mm-hmm. how to keep books, rate. most of it is software for you and to pay your taxes and to pay your employees and how to do things right and to invent mm-hmm. i i want to say i i want to jump back into you you were talking about kind of entrepreneurism in a way although you didn't call it that but i I've, I've been fascinated by the fact that we can build uh 3d printers can build houses and you can get a whole house for like four thousand dollars if you learn how yeah, to do it. There's innovative I've heard, tech. I've heard that, and I wouldn't be surprised. If that uh, wouldn't that be perfect as a great... Never seen, I've never seen a house. We have to think 3D printers usually use plastic materials. They're right. going to have to evolve to use different They can even use ceramics now. They can use ceramics. They can use wood. It's shocking. Oh, yeah, 3D printer. It's funny. A couple of years ago, it got a lot of attention and it seemed to recede. But that is an area of development that could construct low 
income housing that is actually outstanding. We could have beautiful, le- beautiful, stuff. And, and it could also be very energy efficient mm-hmm. and user friendly. It, it could, it has all kinds of possibilities associated with it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. technology. Uh, as we go into the age of Aquarius, which officially starts in December of this year under the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. I'm writing about that on my December newsletter that will oh, be good. posted I'll, December 1st. I'm going to go into what This is a 2,100-year cycle that we've been talking about for the past 50 years. It is now upon us, and I really feel we're two things. We're going to invent our way out of many crises with massive, both in medicine, uh, in uh, uh, biogenetic engineering, and the CRISPR stuff, and gene altering, and Understanding our power, understanding our personal power. We really are, and uh, and, uh, technology, but we also are going to have to create a society that works for people, that gives people a chance, that subsidizes them when times are rough, because the old working for the company forever and a stable income, that age is over. And Andrew Yang, who ran for president, you know, with the, with the Democrats, who is a, a, a billionaire entrepreneur himself, was facing these realities more than any of these other candidates. And he said, we need federal health care and we need an income for life uh, that should be a part of, of the infrastructure of society. So when we're not working, we're not destitute going into the street. And he had it figured out how it could work fiscally. And he was kind of an upstart and interesting, and I don't think he thought he would get that nomination. But I think he's a brilliant young man with a lot of fresh and good ideas. And delightful. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean because you have these programs like Social Security and Medicare and Medicare, that you are, quote, socialist. The socialist nations have all been military dictatorships. (laughs) They've had nothing to do with that. Uh, What it means is a infrastructure under the masses of people which is supportive of their existence Mm -hmm. while they can develop entrepreneurial businesses, which entrepreneurship is exciting. Young people can get all excited about inventing something new or doing something. We see it all the time. One of the great things about this country has been this country's uh, production of these young people who come up with these great new ideas and become fabulous entrepreneurs. But they need a safety net. You can't walk from starting a business into being in a tent on the street. That just doesn't doesn't work. People. Uh, the, uh, another thing, by the way, that happened in the early 2000s is we got rid of the friendly bankruptcy laws in 2005, which was a tragedy, because when people got sick and lost their jobs and lost their health care, uh, in the old days you could declare bankruptcy and only be responsible for maybe 40% of, of your debts. And they got rid of that and made bankruptcy almost impossible for people uh. to pay back. And by the way, in the mid-1990s, if I'm not mistaken, 1996, the whole student loan program, they made a law 
that if you declare bankruptcy, those student loans would not be forgiven ever so that you could be stuck with these massive student loan debts, even if you're not working or employed or can afford to do anything, practically for the rest of your life. But talk about um, socialism. That reminds me of dictatorship controlling stuff to make sure people are contained and confined, right? Exactly. It's more or less that they just don't care about the people at large. They care about making the banks and the giant corporations. Their whole thing is profit motive. And if our country goes down and people can't afford anything, they'll go out into the rest of the world and sell their stuff now. And they don't care anymore. That's the dark side of globalism, which Mm -hmm. I have enumerated. Many darks. I think global trade is fine. Uh, look at how successful we were with the Japanese with mm-hmm. trade. I mean, they, we it was an exchange. We sold our cars and stuff to them. They sold our, their cars to us. They set up dealerships over here. They set up plants over here. So that in, in the relationship with Japan, Japan prospered and the United States prospered. It was reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Germans at the end of the war. We set up things. We have ruined that from the mid-1980s through the 1990s under both parties, uh, 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 both Democrats and Republicans. In the 90s, Clinton literally and, and his evil three, Summers, Greenspan, and Robert Rubin, who was Secretary of the Treasury, they deregulated Wall Street, and they bailed out a giant hedge fund that we had no business bailing out for the first time in history with taxpayer money. So, you know, they supported the gamblers and the speculators and the big banks and the corporations. 2008, the same thing. Uh, We crashed and burned, but guess what? The banks got away with it. Mm -hmm. They got away with it. Uh, You know, and they're still doing the same behind-the-scenes derivatives, trades, and and speculation, and... But that uh, makes me think of what we're talking about is a a global, or at least an American push, but probably global, to corral the funds amongst a few and not help people. That's been over and over. So that brings me quickly to, before we run out of time, COVID. Do you think there's a global plan about COVID? No, no, no. Well, do you mean a plan for vaccines? Is that what you're Uh, talking about? Yeah, so they can sell a lot of those. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, We're going to get a hold of this. I've been predicting that since March. Uh, when it first broke out, that we would have, by the end of this year, we would have at least one, if not several, successful. We have accelerated our research and development beyond belief, and all of these pharma companies, which are, by the way, being paid for by the government this time. That's socialism, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And it should be. I I want to ask you one more question. What do you think caused a global pandemic not caused it, but what's in the planet that uh, well, would bring us into that awareness? All right. In January, we had a big Pluto-Saturn conjunction, which is usually absolutely a horrendous, difficult time in human civilization. And it was opposite a, a lunar eclipse. And the degree of the lunar eclipse pointed to a nurse 
mopping the brow of a young man. Uh, that was what we call the Sabian degrees, which pointed, I had predicted there might be some kind of SARS outbreak or something like that. Uh, but Pluto-Saturn is, is usually a, a great recession or depression, uh, serious, serious problems, and unseating of whoever is in power. Uh, it, it points to all of these things that have been going on for years kind of coming to a head. Now, my feeling is that next year uh, we will have vaccinations. There may even, they're pointing now to even vaccinating some people as early as December because of the results. I feel the general public will probably start getting vaccinated February 20th when Mercury goes direct in Aquarius and rides over uh, Jupiter and between February 20th and the middle of May will be a huge, huge vaccination program. Uh, and then the, the next group will be getting it uh, between July and December. So they will get it in large groups. The healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, and these people will get this vaccination first. Then people in our age group, the elders uh, and people with underlying medical conditions will be the next ones. And then just about everybody else will be getting it. And the children will probably be last in line for this because they seem not to be resistant, but they don't tend to get as sick as the rest of us. And the resilience, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but the bad news is that something is going to happen between May and um and august and then again at in december of next year that is saturn uranus square there may be some kind of other contagious illness that breaks out other than COVID. number mm -hmm. that's a terrible Lord. thing to say but i hate to say it it may be they may be able to get it under control uh, but something the other thing is we're going to have some kind of massive electronic slash uh, internet, uh, uh, either a hack or a breakdown uh, between May and July that is just going to be very, very significant as Saturn squares Uranus and Mars joins the mess in the first week of, of July. Uh, we're going to have, I don't know whether it's a big hack or whether it's a natural catastrophic event, but our electrical and internet infrastructure is going to be under threat for hmm. one reason or another. We've got some big things. The third thing in 2021 is this country and all big countries, certainly China is the biggest debtor nation, the European Union and the U.S., we are enormous debtor nations. We have more debt than we can even imagine. In our country, people have been charging everything on credit cards. So just the it, normal people are in massive amounts of debt, their mortgage, their credit card debts, and so personal debt on the part of the public, corporate debt. Remember all that money they borrowed to buy back their own stock to push this, keep this stock market bubble going. We are going to have to face, we're going to have to have what they call a global reset. And I have a, a, a big prediction about that. Eventually, over the next several years, we're going to remove ourselves from the dollar and cash. We're going to have an all-digital currency based on the Bitcoin blockchain technology. 
so we're going to the dollar is going to be at risk and they're going to have to figure out some kind of debt jubilee which will involve transferring to an all digital currency and we'll know when we get closer to all this how they're going to do it but they're going to be forced to do it uh, because economies not just the u.s but all over the place uh, are going to be in major trouble because of this they just can't do it anymore and keeping interest rates at zero degrees nobody saves the banks don't make anything that are lenders you know Mm -hmm. so we have some stuff that the biden administration is going to have to face. But it can uh, shore things up by paying attention, can't we? We can. I, I, You know, I just think, as usual, the public who knows little or nothing about this are the ones that suffer the most, where the ruling elites, which may have some inside information, can always run away to Panama and stash <laughs> stuff, you know. But I, I want to say that uh, move into I don't their know bunkers, any, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody can run away from what we have to face. But let me say, I know my time is coming to an end. The age of Aquarius, with great, great invention, is also Aquarius is a socially aware sign that is concerned about democracy and the welfare of the masses. And, and the preservation and, and helpmate to the human race. So there's two sides. The two great Aquarians in the 19th century that we know very well were born on the same birth date and same year in February. Uh, uh, they were February Aquarians. One was Abraham Lincoln and the other one was Charles Darwin. And you had Lincoln, who ended slavery in this country, and you had the social reformer, the person who believed in equality and everything. You had Charles Darwin and his theory of evolution, which absolutely transformed biology and, uh, and, and, and biological sciences to great Aquarian figures, one that represented social reform and the other science and technology. Hmm. So I just wanted to give those examples from the 19th century, whether we have people arise that are going to arise on the scene uh, in the coming years. I believe there will. I believe that people, leaders will arise out of this. The young people will arise and leadership will arise with a greater sense of compassion understanding and wisdom about how we need to to save the environment, which we didn't even talk about that. That's the elephant in every room. Maybe we can talk again soon. I'd like to talk about that. Yes, saving the environment from massive climate change. I predicted in all of my books that we would see a gigantic mass immigration all over the world from now countries and areas that you can't live there are either deserts or the oceans are rising and covering the island nations. I felt that the old adage, go west, young man, was going to go to the middle of country, the western United States or California, and, and these western are all on fire and heating up and are unsustainable. The east coast is going to get flooded by the rising North Atlantic waters and hurricanes. So people are going to migrate to the middle of this country, closer to the Great Lakes 
and Finger Lakes, where there's fresh water and farmland, where I happen to be residing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think that we can get behind Biden and create a very compassionate leadership over the next one? You know, I do. Look, Biden made has been there for 40 years. He, he made a lot of moves he's sorry about and has confessed to the mistakes that he made. Uh, I don't think this is a person that's stuck in the 1980s or 90s when he was a senator. I really don't. I think this is a man that sees what has happened when we developed the Trumpian stuff, which mobilized all the hate and frustration and betrayal and everything. He, He got up and he says, I want to talk to the people who voted for Trump as well as the people who voted for me. I think Biden is the man of the hour. People have their doubts because of the way he voted and legislation he got behind in the past that they didn't like, some of which I didn't like. I think he personally is a very compassionate and caring person. He did not have to do this. At his age, he was tired. He wanted to retire. He realized he was probably the only one out of the Democrats at this time that could get elected. So he sacrificed everything mm-hmm. to do this. And I think he's not stuck in his old ways of doing things. He also has invaluable experience, especially in foreign relations and dealing with others. And I think he's a and person. Even and losing, even losing his son not very long ago. Oh, my gosh. He I said all of it is life. open. He's a, Scorp- he's a Scorpio with a life filled with losses and tragedies. And he is a very compassionate and caring human being and i think he's the man of the hour i don't know whether he's going to be able to finish his term because the jupiter saturn conjunction and the terrible inauguration chart astrologically suggests that there may be a crisis with his health uh that uh and if so we might have Kamala Harris as the first woman president of the United States. We shall see, at least for a time. We shall see how it all plays out. But I do think he is a Scorpio that comes forth in the greatest crisis ever that we've had since the Civil War in our democracy. And the Scorpios, which are crisis, death, and rebirth, I really feel... Uh, that he's the man of the hour. He's he'll be there only one term, if if that, because of his age. But he can take us over this transitory time where we need to figure this out. How are people? How are we going to be saved? How how are our lives and democracies and environment actually going to be saved? And I think he will bring great people on board. Uh, he's, he listens to everybody. He wants to bring the country together. He says, I want to travel to the red states and have town halls where the Trump voters are. Let's talk to each other. Tell me what you need and what you want. I mean, this is really shows great wisdom on his mm-hmm. part. Yeah. So I have a lot of faith in him, and he's got his work cut out for him. And that ability oh. to look back at things and go, I did this, but I would change it now. Oh, I'd change it now. Oh, things are different. I think that's a Yes, he, he's admitted 
to his mistakes. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't I know any that, politician that's done that. No, he has stood up. more to, courage to do that than just to hold the, the Yes, he said, I did this and I, I'm sorry I did it. I didn't know any better at the time, but I'm sorry I did that. I'm going to try to fix this. He has stood up in public and confessed to his mistakes. And, and that's very, very um, amazing. Yeah. So I have, I have a lot of confidence in him. He's got his work cut out for him, and I hope physically he can hold up during this time because it's going to be very, very challenging. I know, yeah. Well, I, we have to say goodbye, but, you know, I think I would like it if you would come on in the next few weeks or a month or something and let's talk about climate change. Yes, well, we could go. We could start by doing it next year because we're almost there. We could talk Perfect. about all of that. Yes, I would love absolutely. that. Absolutely, and I love being on your show. And I say I love all of your people, your listeners, which I have met from time to time. And um, they can find me uh, at uh, uh, soothsayer s o o t h e s a y e r at usa. .net, that's my email, uh, or they can go to soothsayer.com for my newsletter and get all my information from there. And, uh, uh, you know, they are so welcome to contact me. Well, bless your heart. I feel like we're such great friends that we've never met in person, but here we are. <laughs> Maybe we will. <laughs> Let's do that one of these days soon when we're COVID-free. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you so much, Linda Sherman. Thank you, Veronica. Bye-bye.